0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيات أعمالنا ما يهده لنا فلا مضل له وما يدلنا فلا هادي له أشر من لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وشرّنا محمد عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا تابوا الله وقولوا قبل أن تذلوا لكم أعمالكم ويعظلكم دنوبكم we start in the name of Allah the Most High. The one to whom belongs all praise, the one who controls all affairs, the one who gives, the one who takes, glorified and exalted is He. And we send peace and blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad and his family and his followers until the end of time. Ameen. things that we've spoken about in the past here in, in various sessions is the importance of knowing multiple histories. And we spoke about how it's important for each individual Muslim to know the history of the Prophet them, as well as his companions and to know the history of the place where they came from or their family came from as well as the history of the place wherein they exist. <coughs> and one of the things that we learn from the history of the Prophet sallallahu wa As well as the histories and legacies of resistance in this country Is that it is always necessary for some people to take the moral high ground We also learn at the same time that it is not easy to take the moral high ground And yet we find that the way of the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam As well as many leaders who have come throughout history Prophets or otherwise Is to take that high ground And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As we will come back to in the end He tells us that the bad and the good They are not equal <inaudible> Bad and good are not equal And you should respond with that Which is better This is the way of the Prophet And this is the way of the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says وَمَا <inaudible> أَدَرَاكَ He asked, do you know what is, they didn't take the difficult pass. And do you know what is that difficult pass? And then Allah continues to say, to release someone, to liberate someone who is enslaved. (laughs) Or to feed in a time when you yourself are facing hunger. A family member who is facing poverty, Or a poor person who is literally covered in dirt They're covered in dirt, they're that poor So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these verses he's saying They did not take that difficult path And that path is to do this, and it is to do this, it is to do this It is to to liberate that one who is in difficulty It is to feed the one who is hungry It is to help the one who is poor And he says then that those are the ones who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Those are the ones who those are the ones who encourage one another towards patience and they are the ones who encourage one another towards compassion that Allah has described these people the ones who take that road as these الميمان, that those are the people of the right side عياتنا, the ones who disbelieved in our signs they are the ones of the left it is the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one's connections with the signs of Allah that allow them to go over what are normally the material limits of the interaction between human beings. The normal material limit between in a normal human interaction is that if one is hungry, they are not going to take from what they have to feed someone else who is hungry. That if one is facing a level of difficulty, they are not going to put themselves through more difficulty in order to alleviate someone else's difficulty. But those who have attained to the higher level, those who have attained to crossing that difficult path, those are the ones who are on the right side. And the ones who do not do that, those are the ones who have not understood the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which means what? Which means it is an imperative upon the believer to look at the world with a deeper understanding about the world. The deeper understanding of the world is not to look at it just as the material thing that exists in front of us, but to understand that the the aid and the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ever-present. And the one who is seeking to live a good life, the one who is seeking to live a beneficial life, the one who is seeking to attain to any sort of contentment in this world, then they must understand that the only way to attain to that contentment is to attain to the aid and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are the ones who are on the right side. Those are the ones who have believed. Those are the ones who command to compassion and command to mercy. Those are the ones who ask the question, for example, how do we deal with people when we see mistakes from them? If they are the ones who, they encourage patience, they encourage Compassion and mercy. How do we as a community deal with those who have done things that we don't agree with? How do we deal with a young person who is struggling with their faith? How do we deal with someone who makes a mistake and does something terribly wrong? Do we close the doors of mercy in front of them? Or do we open the doors of mercy, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Arham al Rahimin? He is the one who shows more mercy than anyone else. And I tell you, this closing of the doors is a very serious issue with a lot of young people. And our work in the chaplaincy programs at UCLA and USC and going around to different universities and campuses, dealing with people on social media, you see over and over again, questions like, if I've committed a sin in Ramadan, am I going to hell? Think about this question. How does this question come forward? Where is this, the psychology of this question in the teachings of Islam? If we're going to hell because we commit a sin in Ramadan, every single person in this room is going to hell. But where does this psychology come from? Because we're closing the doors of mercy and compassion in front of people. And when you close the door of mercy and compassion, then you cut off the person from hope in Allah. And if you cut off the person from hope in Allah, then there is nothing left. So how then do we attain to this? How do we deal with people when they make a mistake? Do we correct first or do we connect? It is ever important to connect before you correct. Someone comes into the masjid, they do something that you don't like, the first interaction with them is not, why did you do that? Fix this. The first interaction with them is, "Assalamu salamu alaykum. How are you? Where are you from? How's it going? Do you know what's, this is my name? It's, get to know the person first. The way of the Prophet sallallahu is a way of compassion. Think about him, even when he faces his enemies, not only his companions. We're all very familiar with the story of Al-Ta'if, when the Prophet sallallahu went to the city, and he was seeking to call them to Islam, and they treated him in the terrible and disgusting way that they treated him. And after he left the city then, he was given the option. The angel came to him, he said, Jibreel said, this is the angel of the mountains. If you wish for it, Ya Rasulullah, the angel will crush these people between the mountains. The Prophet ﷺ said, as we all know, that no. Perhaps from amongst their offspring will come those who believe in Allah The Prophet is able to act with mercy and compassion and patience because the Prophet ﷺ sees beyond the immediate circumstances that he is engaged in. It is not about this single interaction. It is not about the single interaction. It is about the continued relationship with the person. The continued journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we look at someone else and we see that they have made a mistake, then we should know that we ourselves make many mistakes as well. And when we make those mistakes, we would want someone else to come to us and hold us with the hands of compassion and mercy to try and guide us to that which is right. So then when we transcend, We transcend and we are able then to attain to the ones who are going to liberate those who are enslaved. If the connection is strong, the understanding of other human beings and their difficulties and the things that they face. But this patience and compassion, they come together. And the human touch, it deepens and strengthens the ability to have that compassion. I've told before this story that happened with me in one of the Communities that there was a brother that I would deal with sometimes. And I never understood why this brother was so harsh. Which in the first place, a lot of times in our communities, one of the difficulties that we have is we have a lot of different cultures. So what may be harsh to one person is not harsh to another person. And although there is some adaptation that is necessary, we also need to understand it. So I was considering the person to be harsh, but he was not actually harsh. This is just the life that he lived. The things that he faced. And one time then he came to me after prayer and he told me, Look, you know, I have this situation with my kids. I'm actually not able to go. One of my children is with me. My other children are in the country that I came from. I'm not able to go to the country that I came from. Because if I do so, I will be killed. And he starts to tell me the whole situation. And I thought to myself, SubhanAllah, look at the lack of compassion that I was dealing with this person with. And as soon as you know a little bit about who they are, it's so much easier to have compassion with them. The Prophet said that when you look at his life, and the way that he dealt with his companions, and the way that his companions dealt with him, you see this very strong and clear manifestation of compassion between them. One of my favorite stories in this regard is the story of Umar ibn Khattab, رضي الله after the Battle of Badrjah. So we know that in the battle of Badr, there were a number of captives and there was a debate as to what they should do with these captives. And Umar ibn his opinion was that they should receive the death penalty. And Abu Bakr and the Prophet wasallam held the opinion that they should be held as captives and there should be a ransom and it will be taken care of with time. And the opinion then went to the Prophet wasallam and Abu Bakr And afterwards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed revelation to agree actually with the opinion of Omar, and after this situation, Omar comes to the Prophet and Abu Bakr and he finds them crying and he says something that is absolutely ijim, something that is incredible. He comes to them and he says, now imagine there was a conflict here. Is it just, we have to sometimes put ourselves in the situation and the context of the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Think about our own communities and our own families and our own friends. I mean this is a very serious conflict. What, we were in a battle, we were driven out of our homes. We went to battle with these people that stole all of our money and our wealth and our, and our properties. After the battle with these people, a number of people were killed on each side. You know, There was all these casualties and everything else that occurred. And we have to decide what we're going to do in the wake of this battle and we disagree on it. And Abu Bakr and the Prophet were on one side and Omar is on the other side and then Umar comes to them afterwards and he sees them crying. See, he still came to them afterwards. They had a disagreement but that disagreement was not, the, the consequence of that disagreement was not such that it broke the relationship. Everything didn't fall apart because there was a political difference. Omar ibn Khattab comes and he finds them crying. He says, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he addresses them. He says, what is it that's making you guys cry? And then he says something that is absolutely incredible that shows this compassion. He says, what is it that makes you guys cry? Because if it's something that relates to me too, then I'll cry with you. And if it's something that doesn't actually make me cry, I'll fake cry. <laughs> like Even if it doesn't get to me in that way, I'm going to fake it just so I can be with you guys. I want to connect with you like that. I want to be... Omar is like saying, you guys are crying, I want to be there when you cry. I want to be part of that. So you see this compassion in the way of the Prophet And you see that this moral high ground is taken, that difficult pass is crossed many times in the life of the Prophet There's a hadith where the Prophet says, for example, one of the companions narrates, he says, I... It's as, as if I still see the Prophet in front of me and he's telling us the story of a Prophet who came before. And that Prophet was tortured and abused by his follow, by his people and he's wiping the blood from his face and he's saying, yeah, yeah my, Oh my Lord, forgive my people for they don't know what they're doing. And the Prophet Wasallam is telling this to the companions. Of course, he himself also faced these things. When he was given the choice of Ta'af, what did he say essentially? He said, "Yeah, Allah, forgive my people. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're doing right now. They don't realize the mistake that they're making. And this realization of other people's situation is very important. I told some brothers recently something happened to me. I was giving a sermon. I came up after the sermon. A brother wanted me to engage in a particular act of da'wah. And I told him that I'm not able to do so at this point in, my, in, in time. He told me, brother... Allah gave you the ability to talk the talk. Inshallah Allah will give you the ability to walk the walk. It's a good quote, but he doesn't understand the consequence of that quote. Like the cultural consequence of that quote is you're telling the person that you're a hypocrite. Like it was nice talk that you just did, but let me see some action. You don't do anything, you need to do this action. But that's not what the brother meant. So it's not like, I don't need to be upset with him. It's not what he meant. He wasn't trying to say that I'm a hypocrite. He was actually sincere, hoping that Allah will give a person tawfiq, that they'll do a particular action. There's nothing wrong with that. And the Prophet ﷺ is saying, like, they don't realize what they're doing. These people, they're oppressing me. They're torturing me. They're, they're putting me through all this hardship. And my friends and my family, they just don't understand. They didn't get it. And what's amazing is when you go into the Bible, actually, the present-day Bible, You find this exact statement from Jesus (laughs) from Asa. Asa in the Bible is quoted to have said, Oh my Lord, forgive my people for they know not what they do. And the Prophet is telling his companions, there was a Prophet who came before you and he was being tortured and oppressed and he wiped the blood from his head and he said, Oh Allah, forgive my people for they know not what they do. This is taking the moral high ground. When someone oppresses us or does wrong to us, you can have justice, but there is a moral high ground. And in this, in this context, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he said, violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral. It is impractical because it is a descending spiral, ending in destruction for all. The old law of an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Now, some people would hear this and they say, what the Qur'an tells us, but the, Allah tells us You have life In this ju- just retribution So how can you say An eye for an eye Leaves the world blind It goes against the Quran It doesn't go against the Quran Allah subhanahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands to justice And He commands to ihsan To excellence It is just If someone is oppressed For them to take their right It is ihsan For them to Give up their right in order to try to reconcile with that person and make things in the overall community better. And even in the verse itself about retribution, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, mm-hmm. that this one the one who's given forgiveness and pardon from their brother. Imagine this is the con- this is the con- context of someone killing another person. And after they've killed another person, if the victim's family, their brother, gives them pardon, then they should take that pardon. And some of the, one of the scholars of Islam, Ibn Ashur, rahimahullah, he said that the, the, the objective of this ayah actually is to push people towards not taking the life of someone when they've killed someone else. The objective of the verse is to push them towards giving the payment of the diya or even forgiveness in general. That the forgiveness is actually the higher road. And we see this in classical discourses and we see this also in our modern context. So this is very important because we can take these ideas in Islam, but we must take these ideas in Islam and see them in the world around us. We saw recently in the last couple weeks, for example, the shooting that happened by Dylan Roof at the church in Charleston, South Carolina, as many of you are familiar with. This was the African Methodist Episcopal Church. The A.M.E. Church—it's a very famous church, especially in the South, because this church was built on the on the on the idea that under segregation, blacks were not allowed to worship in this in in many churches, white churches. So they started their own churches, and these churches were places of resistance. There were places of worship, there are places of of service and community building, and so on. And this man came into this church sat in their Bible study for an extended period of time, got into an argument with people in the Bible study, and pulled out a gun and killed nine people. This was in the last couple weeks, right?
1: And when he killed these
0: nine people, he killed nine people between the ages of their 20s up to their 80s. Didn't discriminate on, on age or anything else. Where does this moral high ground come in? What am I trying to say? You know what happened in the court... When this person showed up in court, and the families of these people showed up in court, the people who were killed, let me read you some of the things that people said. Here's one of them. I forgive you. You took something very precious from me. I will never talk to her again. I will never ever hold her again. But I forgive you and have mercy on your soul. This was said by the daughter of a 70-year-old woman, Ethel Lance, who was killed in that attack. The daughter of the woman who was killed. Came and told the man to his face, in the courtroom, I forgive you. That's a moral high ground, it's a very difficult moral high ground to take. Another one of these people, they came to the courtroom, they said, We welcomed you Wednesday night in our Bible study with open arms. And Tijuanza Sanders was my son, but he was my hero. Tiwanza was my hero. May God have mercy on you. This was a woman who was talking about her son who was killed in that attack. You see these individuals who are inspired to take a moral high ground. It's not just in the faith of Islam that we have these things. You have it in all prophetic traditions, an emphasis on being able to take that ground. I want us to think about this because the path of reconciliation, as we started with in the beginning, is a difficult path. And the Prophet ﷺ gives us many different indications of this. That reconciliation is a very difficult path. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for example, should I not tell you that which is better than fasting and prayer? Should I not tell you that which is better than fasting and prayer? They said, yes, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Salahu to reconcile between people, to bring two people together. He said, why? Because, Fasad that in he said, to have this corruption between people, It's the shaver. He said, I don't say that it shaves hair or anything else. It shaves the deen. That when you have this corruption between people, it shaves the deen away. So if you want to do something that is very noble, better than prayer, better than fasting, reconcile between people. But that is the difficult path. That is the path of the one who liberates the oppressed. That is the path of the one who feeds the poor. That is the path of those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the path of those who live with an understanding and realization of His signs. So let me bring this now very close to home. Because it's essential that we understand that this concept of taking the moral high ground, of responding with what is better, is something that is extremely relevant to every single one of us in our daily lives. And that is because we can sit in our daily lives, in our homes, in our families, in our dinner gatherings, whenever we want, and we can talk about how Muslims are oppressed, and we can talk about how we're represented in the media, and we can share whatever ingenious conspiracy theories that we've come up with in that particular week. We can do all of that, but it's actually not going to change anything. What has the potential to change something is taking the moral high ground. Is accumulating enough maturity in the soul... To be able to stand in the face of hardship and difficulty and oppression and mistreatment and do what is right. And so I want to share two stories in this regard and then a concluding point. One of them is from Ustada Mariam Amiri. She's a friend and colleague of ours. She does a very good job of telling good stories. And true stories. And one of these stories that she told was she said that one time when she was in college, a woman came into their MSA meeting. And at this time, Maryam was the president of the MSA. And this woman came into the meeting, and she said, when she came into the meeting, you could see that she was upset. You could see anger on her face, that she was irritated, that something was wrong with her. And as she sat through the meeting, and the meeting ended, then Maryam went to her, and she told her, you know, thank you for coming, you're welcome. And she started to tell her that it's okay for her to come, and the lady just snapped on her. Started yelling at her, and she told her something that I can't say in the message. She said, this thing that you put on your head, you know, and this thing that you have on your head, and you're telling me you this and this and this. And the sister was with her. She started to get upset. She said, what do you mean this thing that I have on my head? And and she calmed her down. She said, it's okay. You know, just go breathe on the side a little bit. And she continued to talk to the lady. The lady was upset. She said, it's okay. You know, she explained to her different things. She said, you're welcome to come back anytime. The doors are always open and so on and so forth. The lady left. When she left, she was still upset. This is the thing that I said in the beginning. That you do what you are supposed to do And you have trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will do what needs to be done The lady left, she was still upset She said next week she came back to the meeting The next week when she came back to the meeting She was totally different She was calm, she was happy She actually participated in the meeting and everything else And afterwards she came up to her and she said You know what, I want to thank you She said why? She said because last week you showed me that even though I was being disrespectful to your religion, you could still be respectful towards me. And that taught me a lot about Muslims. And that taught me a lot about Muslims. She took the moral high ground. She took the difficult paths. Someone's in your face and they're yelling at you and they're disrespecting you and they're ridiculing your religion. It's very difficult to take the moral high ground. And if you didn't, you wouldn't necessarily be in the wrong. But this is not about right and wrong. It's about what is best. Too many times the discourse in our community is about what is right and wrong. Everything is, is this allowed, is it not allowed? Is it allowed, is it not allowed? Is it allowed, is it not allowed? What are you going to do? If it's not allowed, you're going to do it? No. If it's allowed, you're going to do it? Yes. That's not the only question. The question is, is it the best thing to do? Is it the good thing to do? She took the moral high ground; it changed the person's heart. Sometimes that's hard to do, but it's the right thing to do. Another one that happened in this last week or two, is with this man in Florida who owns a gun shop. Some of you have probably seen it. The man in Florida who owns a gun shop, he declared that his gun shop is a Muslim free zone. He said, I'm not selling guns to Muslims, I don't trust these people to have firearms. The director of care in Florida, Hassan Shidli, he he contacted this man and he told him, look, I think there might be some misunderstanding and so on. He forced a conversation almost. Like, I'm gonna have patience with everything that's going on and I'm gonna force a conversation so that we can get somewhere in this. The man in the end, this weekend I think it is, he's going to attend the gun training with the man. He has a training on the weekend, he's gonna go go to his gun safety class. He says, this person, like, we could actually, we could be good friends. We understand each other, we speak the same language. A lot of times when we look at people, who we look at them and we say like, these people are so backwards, they're so against Islam, they're so ignorant, they're so racist, and all these different things. If you were to translate the stuff that they say, and change the color on their face, they sound a lot like us sometimes. And that's a realization that we need to have. They sound a lot like people that come from a village here or there, or a countryside here and there, or people that are facing different things. All these people are people. And if you can connect with people and get past that initial difficulty, then there's a possibility for reconciliation and there's a possibility for building a better future, which is what is the of the al-waqt. That is the obligation of the hour. The obligation of the hour is how do we overcome these difficulties and build these relationships. I close with the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I mentioned and referred to in the beginning The good and bad are not equal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says good and bad are not equal respond with that which is better and the one between you and whom there is an enmity and hatred they will become like a close friend this is a rule. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the rule. The vast majority of cases, if you respond which is, with that which is better, human beings are inherently good. If you respond with that which is better, you can overcome the struggle that is in front of you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a condition to it and a reminder as to this is not the easy way. It is the difficult way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا إِنَّ ذُو عَظِيمٌ And no one will attain it except those who have exercised patience. And no one will attain it except those who have been given a great bounty. This is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If someone is able to have this patience and this perseverance and this vision and this foresight, it is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Him to give us this gift and to give us patience and perseverance. Oh Allah, forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings except from us our deeds. Enter us into paradise and keep us away from your punishment. Help us to do good in this life so that we may meet you when you are pleased with us. O Allah, give us the good of this life and the good of the next. Increase us in knowledge that benefits us and benefit us from that which you have taught us. (San) اللهم انقدرنا ان نوب الى في امنا وثبت اقدامنا اللهم بارك فينا وبيننا ووادد بين قلوبنا وصفوفنا اللهم كن معنا ولا تكن علينا انصر الاخوان المستضعفين في كل مكان انصر الاخوان المستضعفين في كل مكان افتح علينا فتوح العارفين اللهم علمنا ما نفعت وما طعنا بما علمتنا وازل عنا المعامل الصالحه اللهم تقبل منا واعف عنا واتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار وصلنا وسلم على سيدنا محمد عليه وصحبه وسلم كثيرة كثيرا وقيم Mm-hmm.